With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
the blood that Jesus shares for me.
Buried, he carried 
Yeah.
All right, well, praise God. Well, we're back, and welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and I'll be your host tonight. Um, Sean may be in, but if not, he'll just uh, have me on. And I know uh, our brother Ron is driving across the country right now. He just came through Dallas uh, a few hours back. And just for those of you that don't know, we're broadcasting tonight out of Dallas, Texas, uh, here in the continental United States. And just want to give a shout-out and a prayer out to our listening audience, those that are in the chat room, those that listen by phone. And, of course, we we realize we have uh, a lot more archive users or listeners than we do actually live listeners. And so we just want to speak a blessing over those of you that are catching this at a later time. Let's go ahead and go before the Lord in prayer, and we'll get started. So, Father, we just give you praise. Lord, we thank you for those that are in the chat room tonight. Father, we thank you for those that are taking the time to worship and praise and lift up your holy name. Father, right now we just thank you, Lord, for our friend Revival that is in the U.K. We speak a blessing over them tonight. Father, we pray, Lord God, your will be done, your kingdom come in their lives. Father, we pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would surround them, that the glory of God would lead and guide them, and that your peace, Lord, would fill their lives. Father, we thank you for our sister Wendy and their family, Lord God. We just ask, Lord, your blessing, your wisdom, your strength, your understanding, your knowledge, Lord, and your character, Father, to just be formed in our sister, Lord, that you would use her, Father, to reach those that don't know you. Father, that you would work in her time of crisis. And Father, for those that are going through crisis, we pray, Lord God, use the crisis to create a change, to create a catalyst, to create an opportunity, Father, for the gospel to be preached, for a transformation to happen in the lives of men, women, and children. And Father, tonight we thank our sister Sherry with Pet Prep Radio, Lord, we speak a blessing over her. Ask that you would minister to her tonight. Bless her son, Andrew. Father, we pray, Lord God, that you would just wrap your loving arms around her tonight, Lord, and just bless her in a mighty way. And Father, right now we just thank our brother down under, our sister in Singapore, Brother Reno in Australia. Father, we just thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing tonight. We thank you, Lord, for everything you're doing. Lord, we give you all the praise. We give you all the honors. We give you all the glory. Lord, we thank you for the homeless poet, Lord. Just bless our brother tonight. Bless our brother tonight, Lord. In a mighty way. Father, we pray, Lord, specifically that you would use these men and women to do mighty exploits. Use them, Father, wherever they're at. Lord, we pray revival over the UK. Send your spirit, Father, over the United Kingdom, Lord. Send your Holy Spirit, Lord God, to touch and transform the lives of men, women, and children. And, Father, we thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing. Lord, you said in Psalm 122 to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Father, we pray, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit would cover your people, that you would bless those that are under your old covenant. Father, you'd bless those that are 
Lord, under your promise, Father, you said they're your, the apple of your eye, Father, and we pray for Israel. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for the protection of your people over there, Father. We pray, Lord God, that they would know Jesus, Yeshua, as their Messiah and as the Lord of their lives. And, Father, tonight, Lord God, we we thank you, Lord God, for our brother, Minister Grant. We pray for Minister Grant tonight. Use him among the youth. Use him with his radio show, with his music show, Father. Use him, Father, to make glorious music for the kingdom of God. Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you use him to influence a generation. Use him to influence a generation, Father, for the glory and for the power and for the kingdom of God, Lord, that you would touch his life, Lord, and transform his life and use him mightily, Father, to bring salvation, to bring healing, to bring deliverance to those that don't know. And, Father, we thank you, Lord God, that you have called him uncommon. Father, you have labeled him uncommon, Father, because you have an uncommon purpose. You have an inheritance for him. You have a privilege, Lord, a blessing for him, Lord, and we just thank you, Father, that you are preparing him for greater things, preparing him, Father, for the harvest. And we just give you all the praise for his life, Lord. Bless his family right now, Lord. I pray right now, peace in the home, peace in the home, peace in the home. And, Father, I pray that he would just be so filled with your glorious presence. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for all our brothers and sisters. Father, thank you for all of your people, Lord, and we just speak a blessing of strengthening and encouraging over your people, Father, even in times of discouragement, even in times of chaos, even in times of crisis, Father, that we all walk through on some kind of level. Father, use this as a catalyst for change. Use the crisis as an opportunity for the gospel to be preached in all the earth. Use, Father God, our day-to-day, our week-to-week, month-by-month activity, Lord, and the things that we walk through orchestrated into your plan, Lord, and we pray, Lord, move in a mighty way on our behalf. Move in a mighty way on behalf of your people, Father that you would get glory and honor and praise out of our lives, that we would be a praise in the earth. And, Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. And we say, come, kingdom of God. Come, will of God. Come, Lord Jesus. Come quickly. And we just give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' mighty name. And, Father, bless Andrew as he's traveling back from Florida. Bless him. Bless all the ministries that are represented here. Praise God. We just give you all the praise, Lord. We give you all the glory. Father, we just ask for traveling mercies, traveling mercies, traveling mercies over that bus, traveling mercies over everyone traveling from Florida to back home. And we just thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing. Everyone that's traveling, Lord, our brother Ron that's going across country right now, Lord, little one time, bless him in a mighty way. Use him in a mighty way, Father, encounter him. Let him encounter you in your presence. 
We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you're doing. And Lord, our brother Reno, brother Reno in Australia, bless him, bless him, bless him mightily. Bless him mightily. Uh, we just praise, we just praise and glorify your holy name, Lord, for our brother down under, our brother in Australia. Use him in a mighty way. Use him in a mighty way. Just give you praise, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. And brother, I know, I know it's brother Reno. I know you're there. I just like to call you brother down under. I still use that name because that's how I first got to know you. And you're you're our brother down under in Australia. So I may go back and forth and say, exposing demons or brother Reno, or I may say. Brother down under, but look, we know who you are, and we love you, brother. We're praying for you. You're a mighty man of God, and we know God's going to use you in a mighty way, and he is using you, and I love your passion for the word. Just want to encourage you to keep putting that scripture in the chat room and just just allow the Holy Spirit to, to minister through you with the word of God. You know, and that goes for everybody in the in the chat room. You know, just let the Holy Spirit use you while you're in there, whoever you are. You know, he wants to minister. He wants to pray. He wants to just take you guys through different scriptures and through different words and just allow that encouragement, allow that exhortation, just allow that ministry to take place in the chat room. And we love it. And we encourage it. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things that we love about the chat room is no matter what we're preaching or teaching or praying, you know, God can use each and every one of us to make a difference. God can use each and every one of us to make an impact. And so, you know, bless you guys tonight. I just wanted to bless you guys. The Bible says, show honor where honor is due. Give credit where credit is due. And know those that labor among you. And I just want to let you guys know, all of you, girls, you guys, everybody, you know, we're thankful to have you in the chat room, to have you call in, to have you pray for us. We're blessed and honored that you would pray for us and take the time. And so continue to do what you're doing and uh, just let it be for the glory of God. Whatever you do in word or deed, let it be all for the glory of God. Praise the Lord. Well, you know, we have actually experienced a lot of crisis here in our community. About a week ago, um, actually a week Tuesday, so it's been exactly a week, uh, we had a tornado that went across about a 150-mile span. Um, it was actually a series of storms and series of tornadoes that more or less went through a, a good portion of uh, this part of Texas in the United States. And overall, 
and I'm sure they've come up with some new figures, and, and you know, everybody's got their take on it. And uh, But more or less, you know, probably about 800 homes, 800 different homes were affected. Um, some minor damage and some literally leveled, completely taken off their foundation. And there were a lot of families, a lot of people affected um, by these tornadoes. And, you know, one thing that we're reminded is no matter what happens, you know, we have trials and tribulations. Jesus said as long as we're in the world, we're going to have tribulation. He said, but don't be afraid because he's overcome the world. You know, a lot of times God uses crisis in our lives on whatever whatever level it is to create opportunities to press us into him, to create opportunities to expose people to the gospel of Jesus Christ or to create open doors, rather, for salvation, healing, deliverance, godly wisdom, godly impartation, whatever you want to label it, to come in these times of crisis, to use these things as a spearhead to unify people, to get people to pull together on some kind of level for some kind of common good. And, you know, we can't exactly say why the crisis happens. Sometimes it could be God is judging sin. Sometimes it could be that the devil is just ticked off and doing a work to run amok of things and make a mess of things. Sometimes it's geographical and it's, you know, natural disaster. Or it's something going on, but nevertheless, God, because he is a sovereign God, he's a good God, a loving God, he says all things work together for the good. You know, he'll fit it into his plan. He'll fit these times of crisis and these things into his purpose. And so we need to be very open Yeah, we need to be, sorry, I was just reading um, I was just reading in the chat room real quick You know what I'm saying is this Yes, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy And Jesus came to bring his life and give it to us abundantly But if you'll read the book of Job You need to realize that nothing really happens in the earth Without it having God's seal of approval on it Okay, now, on the flip side of that is there's a lot of evil people in the world that do a lot of things out of their own evil natures and their own evil wills and know God doesn't condone or or bless those things. Uh, When I'm talking about natural disasters, you know, sometimes we have to put it in perspective and realize that, you know, God uses these crises. Now, I have to say this. We have a lot of people a lot of friends and Christian family that were in these same areas, these same towns, these same communities, and they were very prayerful, blessed people. And none of these tornadoes, none of these uh, winds, none of these storms even came near their homes or houses. 
okay? We believe that, you know, God's people are a blessed people. My wife and I, um, the clinic, when when the tornado hit, she was actually in therapy, and the, the tornado hit within a half a mile, a quarter mile of where she was at. Um, when I was on my way to go pick her up at uh, 2 o'clock Tuesday afternoon last week, I drove right through a, a pretty major hailstorm and could see the tornado forming in a funnel cloud maybe about, oh, half a mile to a mile away from where I was at, uh, which was by one of the high schools near us. Um, but, you know, oddly enough, even though I drove through hail at a good 45 to 55 miles an hour and eventually slowed down and came to a stop, uh, our car had no hail damage, not any hail damage on it. Okay, so what I'm saying is, anyways, my point being is this. You know, sometimes God will use these crises to create an opportunity for us to seek him, to create an opportunity for God to come into people's lives that do not know him. God will use these crises to cause his people to gather together to show the love of Christ and to reach together and pull together for a community or reach together and reach out to help a family or somebody in need. And so, you know, the Bible says that all things work together for those that love God and are called according to his purposes. And we need to realize that means all things. All things means the good things. All things mean the bad things. All things mean the ugly, devastating things. And we know that no matter what kind of crisis or what kind of things we're going through, you know, our ultimate security, and I wrote this in the chat room earlier, our ultimate security is only found in Jesus Christ. You know, Psalm 20, verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And we know that his name is Jesus. We know that his name is Jehovah, our banner. Father God, Jehovah God, El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, the mighty one. Let me put it to you like this, because I wanted to talk about crisis. Look, everybody goes through crisis on some kind of level. You know, tragic events, different events in our lives. God uses these things to heighten our senses. You know, what what it does is it makes us vulnerable to the courtship. It makes us vulnerable on the playing field between God and man, between the creator and the created. And crisis a lot of times takes us on a journey. You know, most of the time it's personal. And a lot of times it's a lot more than just a personal journey. It's a lot more than a personal crisis. Now look at the Israelites. These guys were wandering around what we call the desert of sin. Okay, they found themselves running around in circles only because they chose not to really follow and obey God. And oftentimes, many times, God allows us to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He allows us to walk through it. 
Now, in the midst of that, a lot of us grow. Crisis can make us grow. Crisis can, can build character in us. Crisis can breed character qualities in us, sometimes good, sometimes bad. Not everybody's the same. Some people grow, but some people wither. It just depends on where their fortitude is or where their faith is. But for the Christian whose faith is maturing or their faith is growing, this crisis and the hardship should yield a, a, a dependence. It should bring a greater dependence on the solid rock of Christ. It should bring a, a dependence or a trust in God. Now remember I said Psalm 20, verse 7, some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And sometimes God uses these things to bring us closer to Him. Now I'm not blaming God, but I'm saying that God fits it into His plan. God uses it. Do I think that we can pray and avoid crisis? Yes, in a lot of situations we can pray and speak the word of God and stand on the word of God and and find ourselves uh, not being swept away by the crisis. Some things are inevitable. Some things are going to happen because God ordains it and it was already something that was prophesied. But see, the, the thing is, is a lot of times we judge our situation that we're in based on the crisis at hand, but because we don't know the end from the beginning, we don't judge it properly. We don't realize that God may take us through a crisis only to bring us into a huge blessing later. And had we not gone through that crisis, had we not walked through that valley, we wouldn't end up on a certain mountaintop. We need to realize that you know our dreams and our fantasies and our plans and purposes sometimes are are dashed on the rocks. Of if you want to call it humanistic ideals. Okay, evil and there is evil in the world. Evil kind of leaves its mark. Evil kind of leaves its brand on things. Evil will leave its its brand on the world community. Only to remind us of our, our spiritual, uh, if you want to call it our spiritual lack or spiritual devolution, devolution. But this is the deal. You know, God says he'll raise up wasted cities out of the dust. God says he'll raise raise up beauty for ashes. And out of those ashes of despair, God can offer us hope. You know, out of the evil that people do, God can often find a way to bring good in it. We need to realize that.
I mean, the bottom line is we can see, even when we read the Lord's Prayer, we can see that there's an understanding of evil. Jesus defined his enemy. Jesus defined, Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We can see that not everything is right in the world. It just it just isn't. Even our moral indicators show us that most of the time things are spinning out of control. I mean, have you ever seen the stop or you know the thing that you spin and it just winds out of control and then eventually it just collapses and falls and that's it? Well, that's kind of how things get sometimes in our world. You know, sin will cause a, a disimbalance. A, a dis, you know, we all have an equilibrium, which is our sense of balance. But sin causes disequilibrium. In other words, it, it gives us a false sense or a distorted or a jaded sense of balance in our lives. That's what sin does. And unfortunately, the world's full of it. And so we need to realize there's Evil in the heart, evil resides in the hearts of men. Evil resides in the hearts of women. In humankind or mankind, there are wrong motives. There's wrong things. There's there's wrong plans and wrong philosophies. And even Jesus understood our capacity for evil. I mean, think about it. Jesus is sitting there. One day, peering across, and if you read Matthew twenty three thirty seven, here's Jesus peering across the the Kidron Valley. He's standing on the mountain of Olives, looking across the Kidron Valley. So he's got this elevated, what I call an elevated vantage point. He's got a, a, a heavenly or an elevated perspective, rather. So his viewpoint was a little bit different than everybody else's. And he's looking over Jerusalem. Now they call Jerusalem, was christened, it was ironically christened the city of peace. So here Jesus is groaning and he says, Oh Jerusalem, Matthew twenty three thirty seven. Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned those who sent to you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together. As a hand gathers her chicks under her wings. But you were not willing. So here's Jesus saying, and I think he says the same thing in our modern day, whether it's America or you're in Australia or whether you're in the UK or whatever corner of the earth that you reside in. Jesus stands and looks across from his heavenly perspective. Well, most of us are are down in the valley. And he says to us, Oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem, oh, my people, oh, my sons, oh, my daughters. How you kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. How many times in our lives have we despised and ignored the word of God? coming out of men's or women's mouths. How many times have we heard a radio show or read a book or seen something on TV that we just just completely ignored, even though it was the 
the word of God, even though it was God's direction, it was God trying to lovingly set us back on course. And God says, look, I, I long to gather you, my children. I long to gather you together like a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you are not willing. And you know, God is relentless in trying to help us eradicate evil plagues out of our hearts. God is relentless about trying to gather us back to himself. Always trying to just draw us to himself, pull us to him. He wants to draw us back to himself and and remove the the weights and the sins and the things out of our hearts that easily beset us. And he wants us to remove them. And a lot of times we don't listen. A lot of times we ignore him knocking on our heart's door. A lot of times we ignore the the tugging and the grieving and the wooing of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Only to go do our own thing. Only to go do our own plans. Only to do things that that displease him. Do things that hurt him. Do things that offend him. Listen, I'm right there. Been through this. Been on this roller coaster many times. He says, look, obey me. God says, obey me, and I will be your God, and you will be my people. Walk in the ways I command you, that it may go well with you. But people don't listen. They don't pay attention. He says, instead, they follow their stubborn inclinations. They follow their own evil hearts. Basically saying, look, you guys are going backward instead of forward. Many times in my life I've gone backward instead of forward in the things of God. And you can read Jeremiah 7, read 23 and 24, and you'll get an idea what I'm talking about. And today, I want you to ask yourself in your heart, am I going backward? Or am I going forward in my walk with God? Am I bringing joy to the heart of my Father, or am I bringing sorrow? Am I inviting God's judgment in my life, or am I inviting His mercy? Sometimes it takes crisis, it takes different things to bring us into a reality check. To bring us into a place where we're checking our hearts, we're checking our motives. And whether it's a personal thing or a community thing, or a nation thing. You know, I believe it's a global crisis. It just depends on which corner of the earth you reside in at the time and what crisis you're going through. But God is constantly allowing things to happen in the earth to wake us up. So ask yourself, Are you bringing joy to the heart of the Father? Or are you bringing sorrow? Are you doing what pleases Him? Are you doing what displeases Him? Are you inviting His judgment in your life? Or are you inviting His mercy? Yes, I know we have Jesus. 
We have the blood of Christ. I'm trying to follow you guys in the chat room a little bit as I'm talking. I'll, I'll probably have to go back and read the thread later. But you know, and thank God we have the blood of Christ, and thank God we have the mercy of God. But I do believe even David himself said, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. He had an understanding of what hurt God, what offended God, what displeased God, and what pleased God, what blessed God, what glorified God. And there is a line between the two. And sometimes it takes things in our lives getting shaken up a little bit before we have that reality, before we have that understanding. And you know, when you go through a crisis, when you go through a situation that's devastating to yourself or devastating to others, you realize, and I was told that in Japanese, the same word they use for crisis is the same word that means opportunity. And I thought that was very interesting. And any time we go through a crisis, you need to ask yourself, Lord, what can I do with this opportunity? Lord, direct me. Lord, unify me. Lord, show me how to pray in these times. And not just pray a bunch of words, but pray with a passion. Pray with a purpose. Pray with a focus. God's calling us to pray. Prayer is simply aligning ourselves with God's will. And declaring God's will over the earth, declaring God's will over your life, declaring God's will over your situations or circumstances, so it can bring an alignment, it can bring an adjustment, so that what's going on in heaven can happen in the earth. Because that was Jesus' prayer, Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And there's a reason he prayed that. Ask the Lord the most productive way you can pray during your times of crisis. Ask the Lord what opportunities you can have in these times of personal or or group tragedy. Ask yourself and the Lord, how, how can you invite God's favor on your families and your community and your nation, whatever it is? And you ask, how can prayer make a difference in the hurting world? Listen, God calls us as his people to pray. I'm telling you, I've seen prayer make a difference in my hurting world. Sometimes it's immediate. Sometimes it's progressive. But it makes a difference. We need to pray for understanding and how God speaks to his people through hardship and how God can use these hardships as opportunity. Pray and and seek wisdom about how God can use crisis to build your character as a person or as a community or build a character in a nation even. 
and even ask God how how you can seek his direction and his protection in the midst of the storm that you're going through. See, God has direction for you. God also has protection for you in the midst of the storm. If you'll be obedient and willing, you'll eat the good of the land. So we know God speaks through his word. He's always going to speak through his word, through the Bible. And I'm in no way trying to circumvent or try to change the truth of the word. I'm not doing that. I'm just trying to bring out some points that that go along with what the word of God says. And I'm not trying to add to or detract from anything that you'll find in God's word. But I'm trying to make sense of some things, how we can apply some of the things that others went through the crisis that people went through in the Old Testament, the crisis that people went through in the New Testament, and our modern-day crisis, modern-day things that we go through. And how can we apply these things to our lives and find God in the middle of it and hear God's voice in the middle of it and try to understand what God is saying through these situations and always having our hearts open to what God might speak through others to us what God might speak through us to others. It's important to know what God is saying to his people. Because when you know what he's saying, when you know exactly what he's saying, it'll allow you to respond properly. You can respond correctly. You can find yourself in the middle of his will and purposes. So we know security is found only in Jesus Christ. Sometimes crisis, not always, but sometimes crisis is God's way of getting his people's attention. Look, Isaiah 26, 9 says, when your judgments come upon the earth, the people of the world learn righteousness. And I want to say this, I was raised Catholic, and personally I did not find a relationship with Christ there. Now I do believe there are some in the Catholic Church that have an experience and encounter with the Lord, have an experience and encounter with the Holy Spirit. They seek out the Bible, they read the Bible, and they have an experience with God. But for me, I never found it in that tradition. I was raised that way, but I never found a living Savior. I never found a living God in that tradition. Nor in any tradition for that matter. But I I don't oppose church. I don't oppose going to church. But I think there's a lot of people in church that do not know God. I myself, I co-pastor a church. You know, and I'm, and I'm all for it. But I don't think it's the, it's the end. I don't think it's, you know, the goal. Okay, the goal is Christ. The goal is to have a relationship with Jesus. The goal is to encounter his presence and his person. The goal is to have an understanding of what his word in the Bible says and also what his Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart. And experiencing his love and his joy, his righteousness, peace and joy in his love and his character. 
and his blessing. So God's looking for relationship and intimacy with his people. And so I believe sometimes crisis is one of the ways that God gets his people's attention. I also believe it's one of the ways that the devil tries to throw people off track. Instead of running to God in the midst of crisis, people run away, blaming God and get bitter and get hardened. And, you know, God never intended for that to happen. The devil did, but God did not. See, crisis should bring us closer together as a body, as a people. Crisis should bring people closer to God and more dependent on God and more vulnerable to God. God's calling his people to prayer and repentance. First Peter 3.12 says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now this is New Testament. This is the New Covenant. This is after Christ. First Peter 3.12 says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Second Chronicles 7.14 If my people, that's 2 Chronicles, Old Testament, seven chapter 7, verse 14, If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and heal all their lands. And so God clearly says, look, there there comes a time and a place when you need to turn your heart. Listen to Second Chronicles 36, 15 through 16. Listen. The Lord, the God of the fathers, sent word to them through his messengers again and again. But they mocked God's messengers, despised his words, and scoffed at his prophets and still... The wrath of the Lord was aroused against his people. And there was no remedy. What am I saying? God has patience. But his patience has limits. Does he forgive? Yes. But does sin bring forth death? Does sin bring forth consequence? Yes. But you know, these things that we go through, these crises and the uncertainty... And the intensity that we go through should awaken us out of what matters the most. You know, God wants us to be delivered. God wants us to be transformed. But he's calling us to prayer. He's calling us to himself. No, yeah, if I get quiet, I'm just reading some of these things in the chat room. Listen, I, I put a little bit out there. I'm going to break for a song for a minute so I can catch up what's going on in the chat room. But God's calling us to himself, everybody. And this suffering, the crisis that we go through, and the things that happen in the world personally or, or on a large scale, 
it serves a purpose. And the purpose isn't to make us bitter and hardened and run from God. Its purpose is to get us to draw closer to God and draw closer to each other and allow God's glory and allow his character and allow his plan of purpose to come forth in the earth. So we're going to break for a song real quick, and I'm going to kind of catch up on Hang on.
Praise God, we're back. Just want to welcome everybody back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. You know, we've uh, touched on a few different things tonight. Um, you know, we've got uh, our brother Ron is dialed in and listening. He's been driving quite a few hours uh, on the road. He's headed to Mississippi. And uh, I just want uh, everybody to pray, lift him up, and pray for him tonight. We just want to speak a blessing out to Ron, our brother Ron. You know, we prayed for him earlier on the show, but I actually saw he's dialed in now. And so I just wanted to uh, just speak a blessing over him. You know, we had a conversation tonight. Unfortunately, I, you know, he came through Dallas, uh, probably not very far from where I'm at, and uh, the, the timing of everything, we didn't know. I had a very busy dad. never got to catch up with him. But... um we're going to try to get together Thursday when he comes through. But I want you guys to lift him up. You know, he's traveling uh, constantly on the road. The truck driver, he goes in the chat room by the name of Little One Ton. And if you see him uh, in there, just, you know, speak a blessing, speak encouragement, pray for him. But uh, he has had some experiences with the Lord over the last year, and God has really shined his light and really done a work in this brother's heart, and I want to just pray for him, I want to speak a blessing over him, and just ask God would cover him, so Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we lift up Ron, little one time to you, Father, we just ask, Lord God, that you would just cover him under the shadow of your wings, Lord, you would keep him, give your angels charge over him. Father, your hedge of protection would be around him as he travels on the road, Lord, that you would bless every place that he goes. And Father, we just ask, Lord God, that you'd be with him tonight, Lord, be with him tonight. Father, we just thank you for him, Lord. We just thank you for your goodness in his life. We thank you that you have your hand upon him. Father, we just pray, Lord God, everywhere he goes, Lord, use him in a mighty way. Have people speak the gospel into his life. And we just give you praise in Jesus' name. For our brother Ron, we just thank you, Lord. For our brother Ron, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise God. So I've been trying to follow... Uh, everybody in the chat room, I've, I've kind of been in and out for some reason. Everything's scrolling so fast. I'm going to have to go back and read the chat room uh, thread. But you know, look, we just need to pray for each other, speak blessings over each other. Listen, there's nothing like surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what your religious or denominational background or preferences, it doesn't matter which church you came out of or if you never went to church, what matters is that God is a living God, he's alive, he's not just a fairy book, he's not just a theory, he's not just a philosophy, he's not a Sunday school lesson, he's not just a bunch of religion and tradition that we go through some motions in the middle of some church service or a Bible study somewhere, but listen, God is alive. 
He called us to have a relationship with him. He called us to be his best friends. He called us to be sons and daughters. He called us to have a real living, breathing relationship with him. And he is actively moving in the earth by the power of his Holy Spirit. Obviously, God is in heaven. The Bible says that the Lord sits in heaven in the heavens and he laughs. It also says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So we know that the Father is in heaven. We know that Jesus is in heaven. But the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is running to and fro throughout the earth looking for hearts that are fully his. It's God's Spirit that roams the earth. It's the Spirit of Christ. It's the Holy Spirit, whatever spirit, whatever you want to label it, but it's the spirit that that comes from God. That's the spirit we're talking about, the Holy Spirit. And he is actively moving, actively participating, actively getting involved in the lives of God's people. And I'm here to proclaim to you that It's not just a fairy tale. It's not just some feel-good philosophy. We're talking about having a relationship with a person. His name is Jesus. And that's experienced through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit speaking to us. Through the Holy Spirit surrounding us with his presence. Through the Holy Spirit shedding the love of God the love of God abroad in our hearts. That's what the Holy Spirit does. But it's a living faith. It's a living hope. It's not just some, oh, I hope it's like that one day. No, it is like that. Heaven is real. Hell is real. God is real. The devil's real. Jesus is real. And as far as here on earth goes, the Holy Spirit is real. And he wants you to get involved. So I just want to pray for Reviva One, which is Revival. He said someone else took that name, so that's how that's as close as he could get. But listen, God wants you to experience revival. And I'm speaking to the the person that's in the chat room that goes by the name of Revival. God wants you to experience revival. God loves you. God loves you. And that may sound like a cliche. It may sound like some uh, canned deal, but it's not. Listen, Jesus is real. Now, you may not have experienced Jesus in the tradition or the denomination that you've uh, acquainted yourself with. But his spirit is real. His presence is real. His voice is real. And he wants you to have real encounters with him. The Bible says that he that comes to God must believe that he is. See, without faith, it's impossible to please God. But when you come to God, you've got to believe. You've got to have faith. You've got to believe that God is who he says he is. And that's the enemy, the, the devil's biggest tactic in our lives, is to bring deceit and bring lies and cause us to have a false view of God. A false view of God. 
And if you're ever going to experience the true life of God, you've got to have a right view of God. You've got to realize he is a loving Heavenly Father. He is the Creator. And we, people, men and women, boys and girls, are the created. And his ultimate plan is for us to become one with him and to experience his power and his glory. That's what he wants you to experience. He wants me to experience that. So run to God. Pray to God. Seek out God. And sometimes even Jesus himself, when he came upon the Pharisees, which you can read about basically in different Gospels, is the experiences Jesus had with these religious, pious men they called Sadducees or Pharisees. And one of the things that Jesus made comment to them was this. He said, your traditions of men have made the word of God of no effect. What is he saying? Sometimes we can get so caught up in the motions of religion that the spirit goes right out the window. Paul said it like this. The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So God wants to be encountered. He wants you to know him. And don't compare a lifeless tradition, a lifeless religion, or a bad experience, or some hypocritical act that somebody did that that called themselves a Christian. Don't let all those things detour you and detract you away from the God that really loves you, the God who is real, he is alive, and he is moving to and fro throughout the earth. And he is the same God that one day is going to judge everything that we've done and examine our lives. And depending on our relationship, depending on our relationship with Christ and our capacity to receive from God is going to play out a lot in eternity. So don't miss it on a technicality. Don't get so caught up in what people are doing or not doing that it pushes your attention away or or keeps you away from a loving Heavenly Father. That goes for everybody listening. You see, deceit, deception, lies, even half-truths are the biggest tool or weapon that the enemy uses. And he wants to have given us He wants to give us a a false perception, a false perspective of ourselves, a false perception or false perspective about God and about others. So don't allow the enemy to win. Don't allow the traditions of men. You know, don't allow the hypocrites, and I'll say this, don't let the hypocrites drive you away. Pray for them. Pray for the hypocrites. Pray for those that curse you. Bless those that curse you. Pray for those that despitefully use you. 
pray for the lost. Pray for those that shake their fist at God. It doesn't mean you have to partake in their stuff. It doesn't mean you have to be a part of what they do or condone it. But pray for them. That way you don't get bitter in your heart. See, if I pray for people that do wrong to me, if I pray for those that have done wrong to me, and I choose to forgive those that have done wrong to me, and it keeps my heart, it keeps my heart, keeps my attitude right. But if I choose to harden my heart and get bitter and angry, all of a sudden God, he starts to respond to me differently. It's true. So Jesus said, you know, walk in forgiveness, walk in love. If you have aught with your brother, come and make peace and leave your gift at the altar. And, and he said, leave your gift at the altar until you've made peace. And once you've made peace with your brother, then come and pray to me. what he said. So I'm just speaking a blessing. I'm just speaking a blessing over you guys tonight. Sorry, I keep reading the chat room. Listen, I'm going to go ahead and break for one more song, and then I'll be back, and we're going to pray.
God, we're back. Welcome back to Prayer International Radio. Actually, we've got about a minute uh, to wrap up here. So as you can see in the chat room, we like to have a good time. You know, we keep things in their place. You know, we uh, love to talk about Jesus. We love the Word of God. We love to pray and speak the truth. But if you notice, sometimes we get a little crazy in the chat room from pizza to puppies and pit bulls and snakes and who knows what. But, you know, praise God. You know, everything that has breath, let it praise the Lord. And all things that are created were created for his pleasure. And that includes four-legged creatures, eight-legged creatures, no-legged creatures, whatever's out there. Jesus created everything. And praise God, he did. Because, you know, they're for his enjoyment. Many times we get to be the recipients of that. They're there for our enjoyment, too. So listen, I just want to speak prayer. Father, bless everyone tonight, Lord. Keep their eyes fixed on you. Fill them with your Holy Spirit. Fill them with your presence. Fill them with your love, Father. We just ask this in Jesus' name. God bless you and good night. We'll be back tomorrow. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.